Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, your host, Kimberly Burmel Bonatti, and co-host, Ethan Uecker. Thank you for listening to American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Benatti alongside Ethan Euchre and world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Benatti. Well, uh, joining us on the line is Steve Gullins, former Harvard Business School professor and co-author of Evolving Ourselves, How Unnatural Selection and Non-Random Mutation Are Changing Life on Earth. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Thank you. It's enjoyable to be here. Now, this topic just fascinates me. Anybody that listens or watches the show knows I'm a sci-fi geek, and I tend to blame like the Industrial Revolution and the progression of technology after the fact because, you know, in 1880, I was reading that the average life expectancy for an American male was 47 years old. Then, boom, you've got all this technology. Now it's nearing 80. Why do you think, Steve, there was such a massive increase in such a short time like that? Well, it's really humans taking control of their own world, their own destiny, and their own evolution in the last uh, 150 years. Since Darwin was around, when natural selection was a strong determiner of where we went, we now live in a very human-driven world. And also, with the development of fertilizers and things like that, you can make a lot more food using the same amount of land or even less land. At what point do you think the world is actually going to reach the limit of how many human beings it can sustain? Well, Methusian predictions have been made forever. Every, every time you turn around, there's a shortage of food or a shortage of oil or a shortage of antibiotics. Whatever it is, we continually see that there's people who are naysayers. And time and again, we find a way to climb through this. And, and our book really looks to the 21st century as a century of life sciences. Uh, the last century, we saw massive changes in human lifestyle and the things in the planet around us to the point where we don't recognize where we've come from to, in terms of where we are today. The new century is going to be guided by DNA, G-A-T and C, our ability to copy, write, edit, and alter the DNA of ourselves, our children, uh, the bacteria and animals that live around us. is going to be a, a new way in which we view the world and change it for our benefit. And you also mentioned in the book uh, about obesity rates and how they've doubled in the past 35 years, including obesity rates in animals. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Uh, the hormones, I'm assuming? Right. If we go back to Darwin's day, he described natural selection and related to Gregor Mendel on, on random mutations as the drivers of everything around us. Mm -hmm. But what they didn't appreciate is how unnatural the influences on our lives would become. And so as we've thrown industrial chemicals and greater education, et cetera, at the world around us, we've seen people get taller, smarter, live longer, uh, generally be happier. The standard of living has been rising. But at the same time, we've seen rising rates of obesity, autism, and many things that cannot be explained by simple toxins or by our genes. This is a complex interaction. And really, as we describe in the book, in a series of very short chapters, it's the environment integrated with our genomics to actually foster a new being, a new phenotype in just one or two generations. 
evolution in terms of traits is not over thousands of years. It's over one or two generations of our lives. Hmm. Well, it, another interesting fact that's on here, Steve, talks about 300 years ago, almost no one with a serious nut allergy lived long enough to reproduce. And now we see people with peanut allergies, and now they're okay. Or at least they're able to, to live with those allergies. That's right. In Darwin's day, there was only one way for humans to reproduce. Now we have more than a dozen. There was a lack of certainty about you living to even the age of uh, 20. And now it's pretty certain even if you have allergies. And with this comes the fact that we're not trimming out our genetic traits. Mm-hmm. And we're also changing the influence of our environment on those traits in ways that have led to uh, allergies and other things that are very common in society now. We, we now have new ethical and moral questions that face us that we never had to worry about before. The, the most recent example is the measles vaccine. Uh, Sixty years ago, before the vaccine existed, it was an act of God whether you got measles and whether you survived or died from it. Right. Now it's a choice. It's a personal choice to get the vaccine. And as we move forward, we're going to have more and more of these personal choices with regard to gene therapy to eliminate diseases, with regard to as we move out of healthcare on rare genetic diseases, with regard to the food we put in our bodies has been engineered to, to our benefit, or even with regard to things like aging or perhaps beauty and athletic performance. Those will be decisions that will be personally made, and they'll be made by society, and it will be an ongoing dilemma and debate. But like many, many things in the past, we can come to terms with that over the next generation or two. And Steve, where do you see evolution going? Because we've had folks on the show before, researchers that are talking about turning mortal cells into immortal cells mm-hmm. by uh, DNA and RNA and all of this stuff that's beyond the normal layperson. <laughs> but um, you, as a, a scientist, if you will, um, where do you see evolution going? Uh, on multiple fronts. We still see some natural world evolution occurring as a result of uh, changes in the environment, like global warming, etc. But in the unnatural, domesticated world that we live in, we will take greater control with foresight in terms of the traits and the things that are going on. And so very directly, animals and plants will be changing to suit our needs, our being, societies and individuals. That's fine when you talk about fish in your aquarium or things like that, but as we get to human traits, uh, we expect that over time, we already know humans do things that improve their, their intelligence, their longevity, and things like that, even vaccines. We will begin to adopt traits genetically that may or may not be passed on to our kids that will change us as a species. And this, speci- this new speciation event will occur over long periods of time, and it may lead to very different subtypes and very different groups of people than, than exist today. Human evolution has not stopped. If anything, it's accelerating. What kind of traits? Well, traits initially will be health and uh, traits by and large. They're going to be rare genetic diseases. There's about mm-hmm. 7,000 of those. There's also going to be, we'll move likely from that, just based on historical precedent, to intervening and how long we live. We take drugs and change our behaviors to live as long as we can. That will now become an option. It won't be something that you is accidental. It'll be something where you can say, you know, I, I really do want to look younger and act younger for longer. And we talk about beauty and we talk about sports, and these are generally the first areas, enhancement of function, that work out. But it is not, it, we will see in our pets and other animals the, the ability, it doesn't mean we have the will or even the moral and ethical standing to do so, 
to change their traits in ways that don't harm them and are actually beneficial to us as, as owners of animals. You know, there's one other thing that's on here. It talks about the pre-Twinkie era and how early humans had yeah. quite healthy mouths. So are you saying yeah. more recently we're becoming more unhealthy? Well, we are not. Our DNA is very interesting, but frankly, it's the mm-hmm. most boring genetic traits we have mm-hmm. because they don't change very fast. It's okay. the reason our species survives and reproduces. If, it, if we had massive mutations all the time, it would be a problem. We have three additional genomes that are described in the book. It's a new concept that people have not understood before. One is the microbes that live in our body that are passengers through life with us that make vitamins and they make neurotoxins and many, many things. They have changed significantly in the last 100 years. We've thrown antibiotics at them. We've thrown new environments and new food at them. We also have something called an epigenome, which is the DNA switches. The little switches is... is there's probably 10 or 20,000 of these on our DNA that get flipped every time there's an environmental cue that's changed, climate, infection, uh, changes in uh, violence. And what we see is that sperm and egg actually have those switches, and so the next generation is informed about the world they're coming into. So what we're seeing is the integration of nature and nurture simultaneously to educate the next generation and add on top top of that the ability to actually modify it directly. Very interesting stuff. Well, uh, we know you got to run. Steve Gullins, former Harvard Business School professor, co-author, get this book. Very interesting. Evolving Ourselves, How Unnatural Selection and Non-Random Mutation Are Changing Life on Earth. Appreciate you joining us on American Medicine Today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. Take care. All right. Amazing that stuff. That stuff fascinates me, just the evolution and how, you know, <laughs> how far we've come in such a short time. And They, they talk about these switches from, from the get-go. You're going to be able to just have an idea in your mind of what you want and create it right at birth. Uh, yeah. It's scary. Well, and then you read about... It's cool, but it's scary. You read about, too, how, I mean, we're very close to mm-hmm. parents being able to select, like, off of a yeah. food menu... The traits of The their traits children. they yeah. want of their children. Is and some of them though? might not even be traits that you have as a person, mm-hmm. you know? Say, maybe I want a redheaded child. That's what I want. You know, right. I don't have red hair. It's really bizarre. But isn't that kind of like playing God? That's a whole other topic, I guess. (laughs) Well, Well, these are the interesting topics we cover on American Medicine Today. Make sure you stay tuned. Coming up after the break, a story of recovery. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.